Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, welcome back as we begin the second hour. Uh, Coming up here in a little bit, Matt Nelson, wide right natty light, will join us at about the 5.20 uh, time here in the second hour. Trent, I don't know if you happen to see this or not, just came across, but you and I are both big college basketball fans. Mm -hmm. We, We love college hoop. Did you see now where it is Gonzaga headed to North Carolina to play the Tar Heels in the Dean Dome this year. Pretty good non-conference game. Like to see that. In, <laughs> and more yeah. importantly, really like to see them actually playing in the home gym of somebody, not a, a one-off game that they play in Vegas right. or, or play, you know, being you know Charlotte for Carolina and a return trip to Seattle. Playing in the real building, that, that's a good thing and something yeah. I certainly would like to see a, a whole lot more. Speaking of that, Jimmy B, so last week as you were away on Friday, I had our, our buddy Kevin Lehman on. And mm-hmm. have you seen uh, the little bit of a change that is happening as some conferences, the way that they're scheduling in conference at the mid-major level? Basically, it started with Conference USA a week ago. They're leaving right. the last two weeks of the schedule open, and then the top five teams will play each other, so four games against each other to help improve RPI. I saw the Sun Belt has jumped on board. There's conversations. The Mountain West might be doing something similar. I love this idea, thinking outside of the box as it pertains to scheduling. I I love it because that way you're guaranteed getting the top three or four teams uh, matched up in the last couple weeks. And, I mean, it's so much better to have that, Trent, than to have, say, a top team playing a bottom feeder that they win by 25 and it's not even close, then to have that pressure on, and it means so much more as you head in then to your conference tournament. Look, I I get why Conference USA and the Sun Belt made these changes. They're trying to get more teams into the dance. And I I get that. I understand that. Be honest with you, I hope it works for them. I really do, instead of just having the winner of their tournament uh, get in. And we've seen it in the past. I mean, we've seen it. In fact, it might have happened just this past season where if Loyola would have gotten knocked off in the uh, tournament, they may not have made the dance. There was no real guarantee that the Ramblers were still going to get in in the Valley if they got beat. Fortunately, they won it, and then we all know the rest is history all the way to the Final Four. So I think this is a a terrific idea, and I think that you'll see some other conferences uh, try to adapt as well. It's uh, the way of the future. Now, at the NBC level, this isn't something that would make a lot of sense because you already play a round robin, you already play everybody twice in there. I guess the one negative would be if you're already scheduled to play one of the top teams, you're a top team, and you've already beaten them twice, and then you have to play them for a third time, and then maybe right. even yeah. a fourth time in the conference tournament. And if it turns out to be a, le- a year where you are just a one-bid league, you beat a team now three times after beating them at the end of the regular season, have to beat them a fourth time to win your conference tournament, I could understand the argument from that perspective. But overall, this is a good t- thing. And, and not just for trying to get multiple teams in. That's ob- obviously a part of it. 
but also just trying to improve your seed. You know the difference, Jimmy B, mm-hmm. between being a 13 seed and a 12 seed? That's a huge difference, and we see that bear out. You look at the history of the NCAA tournament, and that's a lot of times what we're talking about with conferences like this, is how many years do we see it? A 5 losing to a 12 year after yes. year after year. There is a difference there. Making a run as a 12 seed as opposed to an 11. How many 11 seeds have we seen it make all the way to the Final Four? We see many. LSU, the first back in 1986. Recently, George Mason, they were an 11 seed. When they made a run, you can come out of there and get all the way to the Final Four. So seeds, they do make a difference. People don't want to believe that. And that's why sometimes I get frustrated with the actual selection committee because when they screw it up, it matters. It matters. Seeding matters come tournament time. Well, that's why you preach always when the non-conference schedule for Iowa comes out. Not just Iowa. Not just Iowa, Jim. Well, no, but lots so, of I, I know, but 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 I was your focus. I get it, but yes, but no. A lot of schools do what Iowa does. You're you're absolutely correct. Gonzaga is not one of them. They will play anybody. Um, but I I get where you where now it is even more enforcing when you go crazy with a horrible non-conference schedule and. That factors in to where you are seated, and you preached on that last year as well. And who did it bite? Well, one of the teams was Nebraska. And Nebraska, yes. you look at their schedule overall, what they did in the non-conference, they played a pretty good schedule. They played Kansas, had them on the ropes, in fact, in Lincoln, almost won that basketball game. Now, they played the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They had an exempt tournament that they played in. The problem, though is the buy games that they had. It was the bottom feeders. Same thing that Iowa's had trouble with in the past. We've seen this happen across the country. Teams just can't figure out for whatever reason. Well, they take the easy way out because it's a lot easier. Write the $75,000 check. You know a MEAC team will take it, and you're done. You're done. Dig a little bit deeper, though. Figure out who's going to be that mid-level Summit League team. Who's going to be that mid-level team from the Sun Belt? A team that you should win, and when you beat them, it'll actually help you as opposed to hurting you as a victory against one of these bottom feeders does year after year. But we got plenty of time for that, Jimmy B. There'll be more scheduling. But I do want to talk a little bit of baseball before we bring in Matt Nelson, talking some Cyclones here at about 520. And uh, the New York Yankees. Now, I would consider you, you appreciate the Yankees. You like the Yankees because they have star power. You like the big national brands, right? I do. I like I like I like star players. Yes, and and I don't watch games per se as you well know for the team. I watched because of star power. That is correct. So, did you see that ESPN and the Yankees have been going round and around here the last few yes. days about Sunday night baseball. Now, the Yankees were selected to play in the game July 8th in uh, Toronto for Sunday night baseball. Of course, the reason has nothing to do with Toronto. It's because of the Yankees and ESPN wanted to have them on beforehand. The All-Star Game selection show would be happening, finding out who's there. Wanted to have a nice team that, that people wanted to watch and stick around with after that. So that was the reason for it. The problem, though, is the Yankees were scheduled to play a doubleheader the next day in Baltimore. So going from Toronto, then to Baltimore for a doubleheader, Sunday Night Baseball. They didn't like that. Players Union was involved. The Yankees were involved. And the Yankees got their way. They will not be playing Sunday Night Baseball on July 8th. It'll be a 1 o'clock Eastern start noon here, and instead we'll get Dodgers-Angels. Still a pretty good game in its own right. Yeah, it is. And I'll be happy to watch that. But if this was the Seattle Mariners, if this was Mm -hmm. the Arizona Diamondbacks, 
The Colorado think, Rockies. Do you think Major League Baseball would it would have relented as quickly as they did here? Absolutely not. Nope. It's the star power that the Yankees have. And once they got the backing from the players' union, that just piled on as well. Look, you're talking about the premier franchise in all of Major League Baseball. Red Sox fans don't want to hear it, but come on, let's get real here. The Yankees are the premier franchise. Whether if they're lousy or really good, they are still the hated Yankees. Everybody hates them unless you're a Yankee fan. So I get where Major League Baseball, they were caught because of that doubleheader. And I believe, Trent, that they did the right thing. I, I, that's a lot to ask, playing the double dip. And then you're playing an afternoon game right after you played a Sunday night game, plus the fact by the time you get done with the game, and even though they fly a private jet, you still have to do all of the press after the game, shower, pack up all the gear, take the gear to the airport, get it on the jet, and get the players to the airport, take off. By that time, it's probably at least midnight, maybe 1230. Fly to Baltimore. From Toronto to Baltimore is going to take you two, two hours probably. So you're going to arrive at 2, 2.30 at night. Bus to the hotel. Now it's 3, 3.30. And then you're asking guys to go to sleep right away and then get up and get ready to play an afternoon double dip. It wasn't fair, and, and I'm glad that Major League Baseball did that. But I do agree with you, it might have been a lot more tenuous if it would have been Colorado, if it would have been the Marlins, if it would have been Baltimore. It might have been uh, maybe, maybe more of a hassle. But since it was the Yankees, it was uh, changed relatively quickly. Well, listen to what the Yankees say. They hold the power. We know that. And, and the power yep. teams in sports overall. Jim, one final thing on the baseball front. So... Today, my Twins are in action. I got it on over here on the monitor and mm -hmm. watching another dreadful performance out of the Twins after I get so excited <laughs> after they yeah. take the final three games of their series against the Indians. The Bats forgot to show up, and they're down 2 to nothing to the White Sox here this afternoon. But they're playing, so game one of the doubleheader started at 3-10. Game two will follow right afterwards. In fact, a half hour afterwards, scheduled for 6-40, they'll play wow. game two. A true doubleheader Jimmy B, have you ever been to a real doubleheader? Because I never have. Not not in Major League Baseball. Yes, I mean, I, I, I've i gone a lot. In fact, I had the broadcast doubleheaders. They used to have those, Trent. That, that was Always a real thing? The, that was a real thing on Sunday. Yeah, double dip. Yeah, let's play two. I mean, come on, Ernie Banks. That's his famous line. Let's play two. They used to do that all the time. And so now... Because of the union and the players and the way baseball travels now and everything, they've done away with that. When they have to do makeup games, now they play a day game and then they play a night game. So this is real different having like a real double dip tonight. Split gate no more. A true doubleheader, though, the Twins on the short side of things. Two to nothing as they play in the eighth. Well, we're going to talk to a Twins fan next. Matt Nelson from Wide Right Natty Light will talk some Cyclones. With Matt, the decision, Linda Wigginton coming back, Cam Lard, 
going through the wellness treatment program. We will get into that and a whole lot more, more with our buddy Matt Nelson. He comes up next here. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey guys, Trent Condon back here once again. Want to tell you a little bit about New Leaf Wellness Center. New Leaf Wellness has helped me lose weight, gain endurance during workouts, and one of the biggest things, have energy all day long. No more lulls during the afternoon. Great program, great people at New Leaf Wellness Center. Check them out today at 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. And all summer long, give it away iCubs tickets. Find out how New Leaf Wellness can help you or give them a call at 515 515- 650-1358. That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers. Let's feel better together and turn over a new leaf with New Leaf Wellness. Sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced golfer, practice makes you, well, can make you perfect. Willow Creek Golf Course is a great place to do just that. Their driving range is open and ready for you to get just a little better. There's lots of room, grass tees, and even a practice green. Call for more information at 515-285-4558 or visit willowgolf.com. That's willowgolf.com. Willow Creek Golf Course on Southeast Willow Creek. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa that can assist in your franchise needs. Rush Niggett of Brick Gentry PC provides law services for those involved in starting a franchise. Find more information online at rushonbusiness.com where Rush Niggett can assist you in buying and starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school baseball season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry PC and Rush Niggett. Enjoy your exile! 
The United States Track and Field Outdoor Championships are returning to Des Moines June 21st through the 24th. Over 1,000 of the best track and field athletes from across the country will compete at the historic Blue Oval at Drake Stadium. Get in on the action. Purchase tickets at draketicks.com slash USATF and find volunteer opportunities at catchdesmoines.com. All of us parents have heard about skyrocketing college tuition costs and staggering student loan debt for graduates and naturally wonder, what can you do? We can help. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services located in West Des Moines. A 529 college savings plan allows parents or relatives to set aside money for their future college students and possibly save on taxes too. With an automatic monthly savings plan, this makes for a simple and steady way to add to this account. For information, visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440 440- one one three three. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu, made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. Bennigan's is a proud sponsor of high school baseball on 1700. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans 1700 kbgg and welcome back everybody we continue to six o'clock tonight right here on the big talker 1700 matt nelson joining us right now white right natty light we're going to have a conversation about iowa state basketball football and anything else under the sun maybe Matt knows who Steve Prohm is going to hire as a new assistant coach, but we'll get into that in just a moment. Matt, how are you, pal, and how excited are you for the upcoming football and basketball season for the Cyclones? Hey, guys, thanks for thanks for having me on today. No, I'm I'm doing well, and I I feel like I'm uh, I'm really excited about both. I think uh, with basketball, you can kind of uh, feel really good about where we're at going into the season, especially with Lindell Wigginson coming back. And when you when you look at that roster, that's a team that, uh, you know, obviously had some disappointments last year, but with the pieces coming back, they should be in the top half of the league, and you would expect them to make the NCAA tournament, and I think they'll finish top three in the Big 12. And when it comes to football, again, I, I'm really optimistic, but also a little nervous. It's not often that a football team in Ames has expectations, so... Uh, excited but anxious is how I would describe how I feel about football. Uh, no doubt. It's uh, a lot of excitement on both sides of things coming in. Some preseason buzz, a couple of top 25s Iowa State showed up in. And, you know, it is interesting, though. I love this Iowa State basketball roster, but take it a peek now after all the decisions with the NBA draft and guys coming back. I haven't seen Iowa State pop up on any top 25s. I saw Andy Katz, who now works for the NCAA, on their website, ncaa.org. He doesn't even have them. He's got a top 36 and doesn't have them listed. I, I guess maybe I'm just higher than a lot of people on this roster. 
Am I going a little too far here? Am I, am I jumping headfirst into a roster that still has question marks in your mind? No, I, I don't think so. That's, in my opinion, that's why I've seen them off the uh, off the same list. And again, was kind of surprised to see them outside of you know the top thirty-five or so teams. But uh, you know, there are there are certainly certainly still some questions. And um, in my mind, they come back to to player development. Trent and Jim, you know how we know what we'll get from Lindell Wigington and from Mario Shayok. I think that's pretty well um, pretty well established based on what we know about both players and. Uh, but there are still questions about the remaining guys. You know, Michael Jacobson was a good player at Nebraska, and uh, we've heard that he's improved enough to start, but, how, you know, how much has his game improved as he sat out? Uh, will Solomon Young be fully healthy, and, you know, what can he give to the Iowa State offensively? Uh, what do they do with Nick weiler Bab? Does he start at point guard? Does he come off the bench? Uh, and then lastly, I think uh, what they get out of Cameron Lard is, uh, at this point, maybe a bit more of a question mark than we thought going into the offseason. Where are you on uh, Lard headed to a wellness center? Um, that's a great question, and I've seen uh, some, some differing opinions on this. And uh, I guess my my opinion, guys, is that they they're trying to do what's best for Cameron to help him uh, become a better player, better player, and a better person. Um, that said, I think part of that, in in, in terms of him becoming a better player, and a better person. Um, sounds to me like he uh, there may be some sort of rehabilitation involved. Now that's just that's just my opinion, and, and you hate to say that about anybody, but um, in my opinion, that's not what's important. What's important is that they've taken steps to, to try to get him help. I think it's evident during what we saw from from Cam at the, on the court this last year is that he's supremely talented, but he had some issues both off the court and, in my opinion, he had some issues on the court as well. And I think that's, that was pretty evident to see. You know, just such an, an odd situation, the term wellness center, and, and you mentioned rehab, that's certainly the thought I think that comes to a lot of people's mind when you hear things like that, as it pertains to what it is. Is it, you know, he had the possession charge, having the, the pipe in his car is something else, he was in a bar underage, I mean, these things, individually, every one of these things seems incredibly small, he's got a bunch of speeding tickets, but you add them all together, the totality you know, this is a guy that has immense talent. I, I think a chance to play in the league. I think he has that kind of talent. But you look at the background, where he came from, bouncing around high schools, that structure part of it, I think it's deeper than just a guy maybe having to go to rehab. I, I think there's maybe some life skills that just have never been a big part for Cam Lard that, that he's trying to figure out. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's the proper way to look at it, Trent. And that's, that's the way that I kind of feel as well. Again, with some of those problems that you just mentioned, we've heard in the past, you know, that could be a, a part of it. But uh, you think about the way that his grades were kind of handled by the NCAA and, and how we had to switch schools so frequently. Uh, and, again, he's a, he's a young kid. He's, you know, a 19-year-old who at times was easily Iowa State's best player last year. And um, I think the, the adjustment to college is, was probably uh, and certainly difficult for him. And when you throw in basketball on top of that, uh, it can certainly make life life challenging for him. So, uh, no, I, I agree completely. And in my opinion, there are two ways that a situation like this can go. Uh, one would be what Iowa State saw with Jacob Park last year. That was a, mm-hmm. a again an immensely talented player who had issues in his past, had issues at Iowa State, and uh, for various reasons wasn't able to compete for the Cyclones going down the stretch. And 
I think here you, what you're seeing is a pro, uh, proactive approach of them trying to avoid anything like that ever happening. Uh, it, that's interesting that you reference Jacob Park with uh, with Cameron Laird or Lard now. Uh, now that that has been broached, it, at least with Park, we knew the situation. Um, it's still unclear exactly everything that entails with Lard. The school has done a very good job of protecting him, and and I have no problem with that whatsoever. Do you think that when he gets out or whatever this I, – I, I don't want to make it sound like the kid's in prison. He's not in prison. He's, he's just taking a break and trying to get his life organized uh, correctly. Do you think, though, when he comes back to school in the fall and starts to prepare, do you think there will be a noticeable difference, or do you think that in a couple of weeks he's right back to where he was? You know, I would hope that there's a noticeable difference, and, and, and my guess is we will see some changes. Um, and I think, you know, some of the things that are easier to correct are things that maybe we can't speak to. So if there's an issue with, whether it's work ethic or uh, the way he takes care of his body, the way that he approaches um, his relationships with his teammates and his, and his coaching staff. In my opinion, that's something where he could probably really benefit from, um, you know, some sort of wellness program or, or mentoring to kind of help uh, with those areas. And I think he'll be a better teammate and a better, uh, a better player because of that. So uh, I would hope that you would see something like that. Again, it's uh, the, the way I kind of look at it is, uh, you know, being away for the summer isn't, um, kind of what I think other people have made it out to be. For example, Nick Weather-Babb has an internship all summer and is in Kansas and not with his teammates. And Lindell mm-hmm. spent a lot of time uh, participating in workouts up to this point in the off season. So uh, it's not like everybody is is on campus and they're all together and they're in the same program that they are in the fall. Uh, sometimes their summer takes players different places naturally, and I think uh, Cameron going to a wellness center like this is kind of within the same scope of what something like Nick Weather-Babb is doing. So... Uh, I don't think it'll be a detriment to the team, and I do expect to see um, some improvements from uh, at least his attitude and his work ethic when he um, arrives on campus in the fall. Talking right now with Matt Nelson, wide right Natty Light, taking a look at the Iowa State Cyclones basketball, the conversation piece today. Well, we're going to let you take a stab at it, Matt. We've been having fun trying to figure out now, back in the fold, having Lindell Wigginton back for his sophomore season. What's this starting five going to be for Coach Prome throughout the season, and, and not even game one? What is the majority, by the end of the year even, if you want to go that route, what's the starting five we're going to see, or you go the other way, the clutch five, the guys down the stretch the last three, four minutes of a game? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the clutch five, because those are definitely two different groups, uh, in my opinion. And I think it's a little hard to predict with certainty, but I, you know, my, my guess, my stab, is I know we've all been trying to take it when you look at this roster full of guys who can play, which again with Iowa State is a, kind of a rarity. Um, I think to start the season, you'll you'll likely see Cameron Lard and Solomon Young um, play together. You'll see uh, Mariel Shayok and uh, Nick Weatherbab and Lindell Wigington in the guard court. Um, now that's the starting five. That's not without question. You know, who plays the wing? I guess would be Mariel Shayok, but then you move to point guard. Who plays point guard? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you look at that position, I'm not sure why the Bab is near a good enough shooter to play the true two spot, uh, whereas Lindell certainly is. Um, but I, I think that lineup is certainly different from what we'll see at the end of the year. And, and when, when you talk about the end of the game, that's certainly different as well. 
I think at the end of the year you'll see Kalen Horton Tucker starting at the wing spot, um, and either Solomon Young or Nick Weatherbab, or possibly both, um, coming off the bench uh, with the other replacement guy being Michael Jacobson. So the group I think you'll see at the end of the games you will see uh, Cameron Laird, you'll see Michael Jacobson, uh, and I think you'll see uh, Weatherbab, Shayok, and Lindell Wigington as well. Um, I think uh, Weatherbab defense and his ability to, to pass will, will keep him in those late-game situations, and uh, Lindell has proven that he can make shots. And quite frankly, Trent, I don't expect Mario Shayak to really come off the floor his senior season um, based on what I've heard about him and what he can do at both ends of the floor. Um, I'm going I'm, I'm with you on Michael Jacobson, and for, for some reason, Cyclone fans seem to think that he's like a bench piece. Uh, he's going to be a terrific player for Iowa State. I watched him a lot when he played at Nebraska. Trent called his games when he was in high school, and he does things that some of the other players there struggle to do, and that is he's extremely tough. He can jump. He can rebound, he has length, he can defend, and he can score. And I think some of the things that you're hearing about him right now, Nick, that you said, and we've heard some pretty positive things about Jacobson, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when he's on the floor. I really do. Yeah, and I do agree with you there. I know, uh, you know, I was at Nebraska for some of that time as well, and the way that that guy rebounded was just something that I guess I wasn't accustomed to. We hadn't seen a player like that you know since Melvin Edgem and Melvin was undersized and he wasn't nearly as as natural of a rebounder as as Jacobson already you know was at that point in his career and uh and the other thing I really didn't mention but I've got a, a thinking feeling or not a thinking feeling I guess but it's a suspicion that with Cameron Lard uh, kind of being out of it this summer and and no one really sure how him and Solomon Young play together quite frankly mm-hmm. Jim I wouldn't be surprised to see Jacobson start the season at the four uh, with someone like Solomon Young coming off the bench. Uh, and I, I know Prome has actually hinted at that as well. So uh, that may actually be one of the, the spots to watch as we uh, as we go into the fall. Well, before we let you go, football season, we are uh, getting closer and closer. Another calendar ripped off uh, as we move to the month of June. And you guys over at Wide Right Natty Light are, are having, I think, a very fun uh, a rundown to the end of the uh, summer into the football season. A hundred things Cyclone fans should forget before they die. Of course, our buddies uh, Dylan Mons and Alex Halstead have the book A Hundred Things Every Cyclone Fan Should Do Before They Die. You guys, <laughs> as you normally do, went the other direction here. Uh, not great memories, but but a great read from uh, you guys over there. Who came up with this idea? You know, this one's actually been on the burner for a while. Uh, I think some of the credit goes to uh, our former, former manager, Kevin Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. um, Clones Jar on the side is another guy who's really kind of been behind this. And quite frankly, we started to put this list together about two years ago, and it just kind of disappeared on us. And once we found it again, we, we looked back at it, and um, unfortunately there were a few things to already add to it from that period. Right. And uh, we, we decided, you know what, uh, what, a, what better way to kind of celebrate a, a season with expectations by going back and recapping all the times we got kicked in the nuts on the way to uh, painful <laughs> losses. So uh, look for good things to come. The sad thing for me is reading it, there are already some pretty painful ones that have come in uh, at the beginning of this. Uh, these 100 uh, things we should forget about. So I'm really not looking forward to the top 25. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be pretty. That's uh, funny. going to be a lot of Kansas State games, I'm going to guess, in there. Too many. 
Too many. Hey, Matt, <laughs> always good catching up with you, even as we end on a sour note. And, and, hey, this summer might not be as bad if our Twins can play like they did over the weekend against Cleveland. Hey, that's right. It's, I think the Twins are going to be pretty tough to beat if Eddie Rosario hits three home runs every game, Trent. Now that is a hot take. <laughs> hot take. Hey, I am right there with yeah. you. He does that. That may be a record. Matty, you be good. We'll talk again soon, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, fellas. Matt Nelson, wide right natty light talking cyclones. Always a fun conversation, Jimmy B, yep. with him. And uh, always good stuff. This basketball roster, Jim, it it looks loaded. But I'm, I'm getting blowback. I'm getting blowback from my Hawkeye brethren, all of my buddies. I, I, message boards are going after me now, some Hawkeye websites that... Good. I, better better you than me. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I'm too <laughs> bullish on this Iowa State team that... Muriel Shayak averaged 8.9 points per game. Michael Jacobson averaged 6 points per game. Why, with the addition of these guys, how suddenly this team is going to be that much better? I, it's more the perspective for me. I think Iowa State, at the very, they're, they're an NCAA tournament team. I think most everybody agrees with that. And the what I laid out there, what's more likely to happen, Iowa State being in the Sweet 16 or Iowa just getting the NCAA tournament because I think Iowa State's already there. They're two games away from accomplishing mm-hmm. that goal, where for Iowa, I think they're going to need a lot more breaks in two games that Iowa State does. You get what I'm saying? Yes. No, I, I read you just just uh, perfectly on that. Look, it's Iowa got the same guys. Wieskamp is the addition, but it's the same guys from last year. We've, we've, seen, that, we've seen that show, and it didn't end well for the Hawkeyes yeah. at all. Now, I don't expect it to be as bad as it was last year when it was a dumpster fire. I mean, God, it can't get much worse, so you would have to believe they're going to be better. But this is the season for Iowa State where you get two top players. And I I go back, I think it was when Shyock announced he was transferring. I think you put it something like this, and correct me if I, if I misinterpreted, but I think I remember what you said. You said, Shyock averaging eight points at Virginia is like averaging eight, 18 points for Iowa State <laughs> because they don't shoot the ball. All they do is pass. And did I, did I remember that correctly? Was I close on that? Do oh, you yeah. remember that? I, I mean, he's, okay. gonna, he's obviously going to have. He's going to score. He's going to have a lot more freedom. I mean, he's going to yes. have a lot more that he can do with that. And that's, that, that's something that has to be, I, I think, that 8.9 points per game, that doesn't tell the whole story. And, and just what he can do, more of a free-flowing offense, more opportunities, I I think he's going to be really good. I, I do, Jim. And I think this team's going to be re- really good. But yes, as I told Matt as I was looking around, there's, there's not a whole lot of people that agree, uh, at least nationally, being that good. And getting to the second weekend, Jim, it's tough. It's not mm-hmm. it's not as simple as just rolling the ball out there. I mean, you got to have some breaks. you got to have good matchups. We know how important that is when you get to the tournament. But uh, a fun summer conversation, no doubt. We're going to take a break, come back, and put a cap on things on the other side. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700. Back with you one final time. It's Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talkers 1700. Each and every weekday from 4 until 6 o'clock, we talk the world of sports with you. So, Jim, I'm uh, at this point in time, you're rarely mm-hmm. surprised with anything that happens in sports. And people, you know, jump in jobs. You're going from one place to the other. Of course, Jimmy B, you know this very well. You've had a thousand jobs in your career. So you've been all <laughs> over that. the place. But yeah. So I'm, uh, 
I've listened to the update right before Ken and I go on the air today at noon, the CBS Sports update, and I hear Oliver Luck is leaving his cushy job with the NCAA. Yes. To be the commissioner of the XFL. Look, hey, I, I'm not going to deride anybody for decisions they make in their career, but that seems like career suicide. <laughs> where's he hate me when you need him? Right. I where's mean, where's, where's T-Bagger when you need him? <laughs> T-Bagger, that wasn't a real day, was it? Yes, it was. Yes. Did you, when you watch the yeah, if you watch that XFL thing, yeah, one of the guys put T-Bagger on the back of his Jeez. jersey. Was it Peyton Manning? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hate me is the most famous. Of that course. of course was yeah. Rod was Rod Smart, but uh the running back who later played in the NFL and was mm-hmm. decent. Uh, T-Bagger, I, I don't know who T-Bagger was. He was a lineman. But at any rate, that was on his jersey. Look, the I, I get what Oliver Luck is doing. He's probably bored out of his ever-loving mind. And with everything that has come down on the NCAA in recent months and maybe even the last two years, this probably looks like a cush job to him. He, look, he... He, he gets to quit now. XFL isn't going to play until, what, 2020, I believe. Right, yep. So he, so, so he gets a couple of years here just to try to piece everything together, which is always fun when you're building something. It's mm-hmm. like us building building the show, uh, you know, getting, getting clients, all of that. That's, that's what makes the challenge, and I have a feeling that's probably – what Oliver Luck thought about was, God, I'm bored out of my mind. The NCAA's in the dumpster here. I'm going to take the XFL commish job at least for a couple of years because he's going to be, you know, pretty much persona non grata here for a little while because the XFL doesn't exist yet. But when they start to announce teams and coaches, uh, then, and television contracts, now the guy is going to be front and center. So I have a feeling, Trent, that that was probably something that lured him away. That and probably the check that he's probably getting from Mix, uh, Vince McMahon from WWE as well. Just uh, an odd odd decision, the XFL didn't work the first time around. I mean, do you do you see this working, Jimmy B? Do you see the XFL, the second uh, attempt, becoming profitable, becoming something that lasts more than two, three, four seasons? I still don't. I, I just spring football is has never yeah. worked before. I mean, you could take us back though to the days of the USFL and USFL. Yeah, they, they had certainly big names that were a part of it. Many people believe that Donald mm-hmm. Trump was the person that ended up uh, maybe biting the bullet for the whole thing, but. When when you look at this, do you do you have any hope at all that this thing can really last? I I don't know, Trent. Uh, by the way, it was Trump who killed the uh, USFL because he wanted to go to the fall. The other owners didn't. They got into a big snit, and that's when they ended up suing the NFL. Mm. And the NFL paid them a dollar, <laughs> one dollar. That that was it. So look. Uh, the XFL, uh, I'm sorry, the USFL uh, did have some star power. 
It really did. And they paid money for, for players, and they had some pretty good teams. They, they really did. Teams that would have competed in the NFL just fine. But I think probably the new league, the, the new league is what, the AAC or the, the AAFs, something, uh, and they're going to start this coming uh, spring. So they're going to have a year or two jump on the XFL. They've already announced uh, teams. They've already got some coaches. What, Rick Neuheisel's coaching in Arizona? Steve Spurrier's going to coach in Florida? I mean, they've, you know, they've already gone out and, and you know, come up with, with, some, with some decent uh, names, and they have decent cities already. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know how that's going to play in, or if they are somewhat successful, Trent, would it behoove the, XS, the XFL to do some sort of merger mm. so they bring in other teams and more money, and so the groundwork has already been laid by this other league do they merge, and then all of a sudden, now you have yourself 15, 20, 25 teams? I mean, that's to me, that looks like what we might be headed for. I think that, the, that this new one starting this coming spring, um, I think is going to be a test case. I really do. And what, what it will be is, it'll be to see if fans like yourself, who are skeptical of a spring league, that do I want to get interested in this or not? Right. And I, I have a feeling that this league is going to be the test case before the XFL even hires a coach, names a city, anything like that. Interesting, a little bit odd story today. Oliver Luck, yeah. commissioner and CEO yep. of the XFL and leaving the NCAA. So with that, Jimmy B, we put the XFL aside as we're not going to see it for a couple of years, and we get into the world of sports this evening. Now, as I was bouncing around two nights ago, Jim, I run across a program late in the evening. They were playing, now we've seen beanbag competitions, that that has been shown more and more on ESPN, but Jim, they were playing this game. It's got a little trampoline-looking thing in the middle, and a ball probably the size of a softball, and they're banging it off there, and they're spiking it off of there, and it's bouncing up. I don't even know what the name of the sport was, but I was intrigued, and I sat there, and I, I looked, and I watched the stupid thing for a half hour. You ever fall down <laughs> that wormhole of just dumb sports? I, I watched darts one night oh, yeah, that yeah. they had on from an Irish pub somewhere. <laughs> I couldn't believe I sat there and watched these guys, and everybody would go crazy because he threw it 10 feet and hit, the, and hit the board. I, for the life of me, look, everybody has, I guess, something that blows their skirt up, and so for those particular sports... More power to those people who come up with them and invent them. I'm, I'm with you, Trent. I, I have no idea. I, I do like, and I did watch a long time ago when ESPN carried it, uh, Australian Rules Football. I did watch Australian Rules Football, and I loved the guy who dressed in white with the hat, and then he'd give a signal when the try was made. And I got such a kick out of that. I mean, that's all he did. He just stood there by the goalpost, didn't do anything else until the try was made, and then he gave the two-handed salute, and that was it. 
uh, I, I found that captivating for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I was gone from that. Always something, always something that you can yep. find. Well, tonight, not going to get any hockey. You're not going to nope. get any NBA, so baseball, and well, see what else you can find out there. Any baseball trip your trigger this evening? Yeah, I'm dialed into a couple of games. Um, I want to watch Philadelphia and Chicago, uh, two good teams, uh, both with similar records. So I want to see how that plays out with Arietta coming back to Chicago as well. Um, the other game I'm going to watch as well while I'm watching that game and the game I'm going to have on the other monitor, Seattle-Houston. Seattle's in first place yes, yeah. in the National League West, okay? This is a big showdown uh, with the Astros in Houston tonight. So I'm going to pay attention to that. So that one kind of has me uh, intrigued as as well. So that's kind of where I am. The, the late-night games, KC and the Angels, you know, okay. Arizona, the Giants, uh, okay, maybe. Bumgarner's back, where Bumgarner Bum, Bum yeah, is back. You're right. So. Very good point. I'll probably tune in on that a little bit late to uh, see how Bumgardner throws. I, and speaking of guys being back, Cardinals tonight get Carlos Martinez back, who when he be- yep. went on the DL had obviously the best uh, ERA. You mentioned that Seattle-Houston game. Great pitch- pitching matchup with Paxton against Keuchel. So that will lead me certainly to watch that. I'll be watching the Twins a little bit. Milwaukee-Cleveland I think is really good. Junior Guerrero yeah. against Corey Kluber. That'll be early right after we go off the year, about 6-10 with the start there. I think overall, yeah, it's just baseball tonight. You don't have many options, but a lot of intriguing baseball games, which is mm-hmm. a good thing. Hey, let me let me jump on before we sign off here quickly. Did you see what happened yesterday when Giancarlo Stanton hit that bomb of a home run over 450 feet off of Freeze? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 he stood and admired, then started to move, flipped the bat, and then went around the bases slowly. Well, people were getting so upset with that. That's the guy who ruined his career down in Miami when he plunked him in the face, and now he has to wear that extra support around the jaw area because he was done. He had to have surgery on that. Mm -hmm. And he had been hit on the arm prior to coming to that particular uh, bat attempt at home plate. So Freeze is trying to go off and say, well, you know, he's trying to show me up, and he's classless, he's childless. No, dude, you're the guy who put him out of baseball for the almost the entire season. Then you plunked him again, and then when he whips your butt and takes you downtown, now I hate this unwritten rule, oh, you can't show up the pitcher. Hell yeah, you can. I, I hate that rule, Trent. I wish that rule would go away. I really do. This showing up crap... Look at you plunked me. Now I just took one 450 feet. How's that feel, jerk off? Well, then he then, then afterwards the guy said, "Well, he's awfully childish." No, he's not. He just ripped it 450 feet off of you. Okay, I'm done. You're done, and we're done. We got a hard and fast rule that we got to get out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Have a good one.